This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crown, joined here by Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We are, we're just chilling today in, in summertime. Can't go outside here in Arizona because this is like our winter, like the harsh winter that people complain about back east. That's summer in Arizona. We just don't go outside. I know. I know. I was very disappointed when I realized we had reached that point in the summer. I was complaining because we had to go out car shopping. And so I did not well, want to be out in that heat. And my husband's yeah. all like, well, hey, at least we made it till June. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah. Like, that is a, oh. it's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment for sure. Yeah. Today we are talking about, oh my gosh, this is something that really, uh, I want to say like frost my tim timbers, but I am mixing metaphors there <laughs> for idioms. <laughs> that would be a good one though. I like that one. Frost my, I'm going to make that one now. Tim frost my timbers. Timbers my timbers. Frost my timbers. Something by buttons. I don't know. <laughs> Gets me all riled up when I hear it. It is when people are not choosing to use punishments in their parenting and they're being called soft by others. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, we need to talk here because you're not soft for not giving punishments. Punishments are not effective. And for all of that pushback you hear that you're being soft, or even the stuff you're seeing, like it's not working, you feel like your kids are taking advantage of you. We're going to go through the ways of how to be consistent with these consequences and how to make them actually rational and realistic and work for the situation without being a punishment. And I would love to see at the end of listening to this episode, you being able to have that argument back to those people that are like, oh, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. You're such a pushover. Be like, no. No, I'm actually teaching my child life skills. 
this is actually going to be a positive thing. And you're going to be able to point that out. And they're going to just be quiet. (laughs) Just hearing that word pushover gets me riled up. So we hope you enjoy this episode and let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So Joanne, so, so Joanne, tell me, are your are your timbers frosted? Timbers frosted. Timbers are frosted. It is like this old school method of parenting that you have to be really strict and strong with children in order for them to listen and quote unquote behave. I mean, it's something that I see in my parents' generation all the time, even with my my dad and my nephew. He is very strong and says, No, don't do that. And this little three-year-old boy starts crying. And I'm like, oh, That is what they were taught, that that's how you're a good parent. If you're strong, if you're strict, if you stick to your quote unquote boundaries and consequences, and that's not actually the case. Yeah. And I mean, it. and in case you're listening to this with a bit of a naysay walking in, like we're not saying you can't say no. We are. It's just the matter of how you present it. And I think we've talked about this before. Like one of my favorite sayings from positive discipline is where did we ever get the idea that in order to get children to act better, we make them feel worse? Shame, like nobody wants to be shamed. You never act better out of shame. You have to acting out of fear. Yeah, that is acting out of fear. It's called authoritarian parenting, where it's like the my way or the highway, where kids are never given the chance to give their side of the story they don't feel in control of the situation. And so what that leads to down the road is usually kids We're hiding home. stuff from their parents, yep. trying to get things under the radar, not really knowing the real reasons you don't want things to happen. Or I don't know. But assuming. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say maybe having trust issues going forward. Like a lot of us have, we are always wondering what somebody's angle is, what's going on in the background, because mm-hmm. we're used to there being an alternative motive to think. So, Yeah. And so what we shift towards is called authoritative parenting, where you are still the adult, you're still the master guide, but you're really looking for all the information in the situation, making sure kids have their voices heard, even if you disagree with their voices, just letting them know that they can share their opinion and share what is bothering them without being accused of talking back. Yes. It's huge. Yes. Well, because like, I think we all want our kids to be able to voice their opinion, right? I would hate for my kids ever to be in a situation as they get older where they feel like they have to be quiet and they have to take what is possibly abusive, like, re- uh, oh, not feedback or whatever, like, but being in an abusive situation. Abusive behavior. Yeah. Like, why is that? I haven't had enough coffee yet this morning, apparently. I still have half it's of a- my cup to drink. But anyway, like I, I would drink my whole thing, Bri. I got you. <laughs> Between the two of us, we have a fully caffeinated person. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I just I would hate to think that my children 
would grow up thinking that they have to be quiet, submissive, subdued. They can't voice their opinion because they're not supposed to. And then end up in a miserable situation. I think we could all agree we don't want that future for our kids. And I'm not saying that because I was brought up in a situation where my parents, you know, it did spank me when I was little and I did have punishments that I can't function. I have all these things, but I would love Mm -hmm. for it to be even better. Right. Because isn't that always our goal? Next generation. You're looking to improve. Yes. Next generation. And it was the the culture we were raised with. Mm -hmm. So if right now, the things that we're going to suggest, if you're like, oh my gosh, I don't do those, no shame here. There is no shame. Please give yourself some self-compassion through this whole process because all you are doing is you're repeating the behavior that you were shown. Yeah. Because that's what we do if we're not intentional. If you're not here listening to this podcast, you wouldn't even be aware of it. So give yourself a pat on the back for being here and listening. Um, What you were saying, though, I'm listening to Elaine Welteroff's book, More Than Enough. And Elaine Welteroff, she is the former editor of Teen Vogue. She was a judge on Project Runway. That might be if you watch Project Runway, you know her from there. But she was describing, it was just this morning I was listening to this part. She had this relationship with this guy she nicknamed Future Husband in the book. Really? Future Husband had all of these things. He was like, a successful executive in New York City. He bought her rings. He bought her clothes. He bought her like a first pair of Manolo Blahniks, like the red mm-hmm. shoes. The shoes that I, I love from a distance. <laughs> oh my God, I love them. Uh, but so she had what she thought the perfect relationship she was going into, but it was all of these little red flags that stuck out. Like when he gave her a ring. She was like, oh my gosh, a ring. How cool. Like it was an engagement ring. And she had this reaction that it was a, it was a lot of money. And she thought she gave the appropriate reaction. He became stony and silent. And then two days later, he's like, well, I designed it myself. And your reaction was horrible. And she immediately went in and apologized and really made herself smaller for him. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. 
Hey all, it is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Or just click on the link in our show notes. And it's like continued and smaller. I, I like that. Smaller. That like tried yeah. to fit in his bubble. Uh-huh. Um, because she said, this is what you everyone says relationships are so hard. This is what's making it hard. And he would have this moody behavior and she would come back and she would try to fix it. And she would try to have this behavior because she said specifically she remembers something her mom said where her mom and dad have stayed together for as long as they have because neither of them have wanted to leave at the same time and all someone's always fought for the relationship and so she was fighting for this relationship spoiler alert he cheated on her she found out and she ended it but (sighs) it's these things that we are brought up with in terms of how we think we should be treated by other people right And in terms of being an authoritarian parent and having those big emotions and explosive things, you think you just need to appease that person. And you learn that you need to please others so that they stay on this path of being nice and cooperative and you don't make them mad. Yeah. And that is a drawback of that method of parenting, of the my way and the highway. And that is a huge mental load for anyone to take, mental and emotional load for someone to take on, that they need to Mm -hmm. make everybody happy and that they need Uh to keep themselves and all of their emotions in check. Because Uh showing emotion, showing big emotion is a bad thing. Having that mindset, having that mindset, that that is a recipe for anxiety and depression, just Wrapped up in a pretty little bow. <laughs> yes. So so let's get into this a little okay. bit because you've just brought up something else that's big about emotion mm-hmm. and how we've been taught holding the emotion. Like we tell babies, don't cry, don't cry. And we have our kids freaking out in Target. And we're like, okay, stop because everyone's looking at us. Stop crying. Stop crying. Yeah. I'll give you something if you stop crying. And so there's all of these little things put in that crying is bad. It is bad and you should not show emotion at all. And it is really hard as a parent to go against that societal expectation because everybody looks at a kid crying and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to make it stop. I want to make it stop right now. And instead, I want you to look at that not as bad behavior for crying. Crying is not bad behavior. Crying is an emotional release. 
and there cannot be consequences for crying. The only thing for crying is to just be that calm presence and let it happen. Yeah. That's a hard thing. That is hard. That's really hard, especially I'll throw in the extra caveat of when it's going to sound really bad, but I know we all do it. When we are looking at our kid crying and being like, seriously, seriously, this is the reaction we're having over this. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Because yeah, we think that because I mean, there are times when those big emotions hit and we're like, we're really going to cry that bad because you got the red cup instead of the blue cup. Really? Really? But it is big to them. It is big to them in that moment for sure. So yeah. Yeah. It's a minimizing behavior, what you just described. It is. Like when we minimize kids' emotions yep. and say, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. Or we might even name call them. Oh, don't be such a baby. Yeah. I mean, that happens. It comes what, out. What are you? Three? Come on. I thought you were a five-year-old. Exactly. And we're, exactly. I think the worst part of it is like a lot of times when we do that, we're not trying to be demeaning. We actually, no, just, yeah, like we actually think we're doing well, right? Because we're like, oh, I'm going to make them laugh. And oh, I'm going to make them realize that this isn't that big of a deal and they can move on. But they don't have uh, oh, they that capability yeah, yet. Yeah. It's the, they're like, oh, you should look at this thing and think of how great it is. That's something that we do or try to fix it and give them solutions. Right. Like, oh, you're crying. You should take that cup and just fill it with Cheetos or something. Right. And then that'll make you happy. Right. And I think a thing that keeps me in check is if I think of myself in the same situation coming to my husband and him having the same reaction. So if I'm at a party and I have my special cup there and I really, really wanted that cup, I had my heart set on that cup like it's glittery and someone comes off like my sister. My sister came (laughs) and just took it and I go to him and I'm like, oh, my gosh, my sister took my glittery cup that I planned for this margarita Monday. I can't believe this. And he told me. Oh, just go get that other cup. I'd be like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a 41-year-old woman. Why do you care about a cup? Yeah. Yeah. That can be rough. It's one of of those things where it's where we know that behavior is not acceptable with other adults. Right. But we don't remember that with kids. Right. Right. So we've got the situation like you don't want to do punishment or you've been trying punishment. It doesn't work out. It feels icky. So you don't follow through. And so you just don't understand why it's not working. And we've taken off the thing of there's no punishment for crying or big emotions. Yes. That's just something yeah. they, please, you, you be the calm presence and you work through Throw it. that out. no punishment. Yeah. There. Throw that Throw thought that process out. out. Mm-hmm. Another mistake we make is that we think that the consequences are going to stop the behavior. So if your kid is constantly taking things from his sibling, we think, oh, you know what? You take something from your sibling again, no screen time for the rest of the afternoon. And we think that, okay, well, that'll fix it. And it won't. And you know what? And it doesn't fix it. And I think a lot of parents turn that internal thing into themselves then. Be like, oh my gosh, I just didn't give the right consequence. Or I'm just not consistent with taking away screen time whenever he takes something away. Or they think it needs to be bigger and badder. Yeah. That's another. Or that's not a strong enough consequence. I'm not being strong enough. I'm being a pushover. Yeah. We're here to tell you, no, 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 that's not how human behavior works. (laughs) Nope. The reason that that kid keeps taking things away is because he is not in control of that behavior. He's trying to get a need of his met and he needs some teaching on how to get that need met. It is not the taking away that's the issue. There is something underneath that issue. Yep. 
So maybe it's not just taking the item. Maybe it's the way that this kid is communicating with his sibling. Right. To get something that they need. Maybe the kid, every time they take something, the sibling actually pays attention to Oh that, my gosh, I which, have that. I still do. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt on that one, but like, I, you know no. this with my, with my scenario. My oldest will, when they were younger, okay, well, actually first, when they were really little, my youngest would terrorize the older one, but that's because she was just the baby. But then as they got older, all the way through until like 13, 14, my oldest would just pick and prod and take things from his sister because he wanted her attention and you could see it. Yeah. There was no denying like his face would get big and smile anytime because then she would interact with him. So, yeah, yeah, it happens. And attention's not a bad thing to get. I mean, so many people are like, oh, just ignore them. Yeah. They just want attention. It was a maladaptive attention. Yeah, it, it was a maladaptive way for, for it to happen, but it happened. And I would constantly yeah. try to explain to his sister. I'm like, why don't we just come up with something that you're willing to do with him? And then he'll stop coming in and taking your stuff. <laughs> and he'll stop or like you or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Or he knowing that, okay, this is not a great way to get her attention. Yes. Let's think of what your sister likes and suggest some of those things and that we to would, do instead. Yep, and you would try that too. And Yeah, but that, that happens a lot with siblings, I think. So like you said, no amount of punishment is necessarily going to help that out because it's not, your child doesn't understand what they're not grasping correctly in that scenario Listen. if you don't talk to them about yep. it. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah. And to talk to them about it, it's really just sitting down and figuring out the issue. We have some great tools for you on our Balanced VIP membership in our Calm and Happy Parenting program in there if you want. I know. Them, we work on that. Like, I think that comes up almost every week in some way, shape, or form. We're working All on the drilling time down. Coaching. Yeah. Drilling down to finding the issue behind the problem. Yeah. So our second thing to help out with the solution, that this one's hard for me. And I think for some sure. people, I mean, there are there are times when I'm really good at the skill, but I think when it comes to my kids, I could be short on this one and it's patience. Patience. Well, a lot of the times, say you're on a call. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this actually in one of our coaching calls. 
I was on a coaching call with one of our members and her kids were running around in the background because they had reached the edge of what they were capable, capable of. of. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we are done. We are spent. We're, we're done. <laughs> we need to run around. We want to know when mom's going to be finished. Yeah. Do, you know? yeah. And no amount of punishment or consequences would have stopped them from running around because that wasn't the issue. It wasn't that they knew they were doing a bad thing or were they intentionally doing a bad thing. Yeah. They were having a hard time managing their own patience. And that's a big thing with kids. And that's a skill to practice and to improve on Yeah, as well. Being able to teach your child that there is an end to something is a huge help, right? That's what helps. So if you try to just be like, I'm just going to teach my kid patience, that's a huge thing. That That's huge. <laughs> so little steps that you can do towards that. So if you're finding that they're having a hard time with being patient and they're interrupting a lot, giving them concrete things that they can look at. So like, I think you had talked about before when we were talking about this episode, like a timer, right? A timer works really well. Yeah. yeah. Letting them know when something is over, that's when you will get that attention. That's when you'll get that time with me. That helps way more than I'm going to no screen time for you or go to your room. They don't understand what was wrong and they don't understand Again, that concept of time, it's a hard concept for most kids. Yeah. And a way to phrase it to kids, especially like if you're on a call, because I do this all the time, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on here for 15 more minutes. I'm going to set my timer. And when my timer goes off, I'm going to get off and we're going to go somewhere or whatever I have planned for that day. I'll play a game with you or something like that. Yeah. And so I'll have my timer right here on my desk. And actually, my kids will come in pick up my phone, look at the timer, put it down and go right out because it's not done yet. I love that. So it's a really handy tool to help kids learn patience, especially when they know the end is coming soon. So they don't have to hold out that much longer. Right. They're improving that. Another big thing we see is messiness. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, you know what? I, I just stuff around. Okay, wait. <sighs> I just so at the time of recording this, I just saw a new Holderness family video where they had done about how we don't like messiness and so how mom in that video kim was dropping stuff on the stairs and she was called it halfway uh-huh. there cleaning uh-huh. up stuff but i put it on the stairs so you could take it upstairs and the family just walks right past it it goes upstairs yeah always happens yeah so <laughs> like it that drives us it oh my gosh and we were talking about too the this morning and a quick one we had with our balance vip group too leaving stuff around for instance right. if a kid leaves their backpack in the middle of the hallway Whose problem is that? Is that your problem or is it the kid's problem? And you're listening to me right now and you're like, of course, it's the kid's problem. No, actually, it's your problem because the kid does not yet have that concept of wanting to keep things picked up and clean, whereas you're the one who wants the tidy and clean house. Now, that's not saying that the tidy and clean house isn't something that you want. You want it. And of course, you can take steps to get it. But just differentiating between blaming the kid for it when it is something that you are trying to teach and to get across, the whole difference in perspective makes a huge difference in what you do in terms of teaching your kid that skill of picking things up and putting them away versus blaming them or shaming them or telling them that they're not a great person because of it. I think one of the best pieces of advice I heard when it came to this whole sort of organization and thinking about the executive skills that our kids have and don't have was, I believe it was with Katie Hurley a while back. That was during the pandemic. We did that interview, I remember. (laughs) She was talking about how her daughter's, one of her chores was to make up her bed in the morning. 
and her daughter wasn't doing it. And she thought the thought had run through her mind like it does for most of us as parents that, oh, my kid is disrespecting me. They're not listening. They're not following through with what they're supposed to be doing. But because of her background, she took a minute. She talked to her daughter, was like, okay, so why isn't this happening? And her daughter's like, I really don't know how to make up my bed. So again, that example of there's so many things that we think our kids are doing to misbehave, to not listen to us, to say to us, I don't want to do what you want to do. And sometimes they say that. I don't want to clean my room. But then if we take a moment, we realize that they don't have the skills. When you say clean up your room, they're like, holy crap, I don't even know where to start or what to do. So yeah, yeah, taking that time and helping break down those executive skills is huge, way more effective than punishment. And many parents, many adults have problems cleaning too. I mean, with the whole decluttering craze, obviously people have problems when there's a lot of stuff in one place and it's incredibly overwhelming. So how are we expecting our kids to react to the situation any different than we would react to the same situation? Right. That's huge. Yep. No amount of punishment is going to make me sift through those things. It's really how to tackle it and how to break it down. Yeah. And work on that skill. Okay. Yep. So your consequences probably aren't working because they are, it's not the behavior that's a problem. It is the skill that needs to be taught behind the behavior. And that's what's causing the behavior. And once kids know that skill, then you'll see the behavior start to lesson. Right. I won't say disappear. Well, right. Because nothing's perfect. Well, but there's a curve too, right? There's a learning curve on everything. So like even if you're working with something that they're doing that is undesirable, you have to give them time to learn how to maneuver it. Because like none of us were perfect at anything the first time we did it. You could just think about like yeah. learning to ride a bike for God's sakes, right? How many times yeah. do we fall off of that thing when we're first learning before we get way better and then we can eventually start doing crazy tricks on it. I don't know. It, it yeah. takes time. Yeah. It definitely takes time. So if right now you have someone in your life calling you a pushover for not giving strong enough consequences, I want you to tell them that, hey, punishments don't work. And in fact, punishments are going to interfere with our relationship later on <laughs> with our child. They're going to be the teen who rebels. They're going to be the ones sneaking away and hiding things from us because we they don't want to see us upset or they're going to become the constant people pleaser and have to deal with anxiety or depression later on with life because their needs are not getting met. They are succeeding everything to someone else's control. And that's why we do what we do. Yes. So we are teaching them the life skills that are missing so that they can learn them, practice them and be able to do them on their own. As they get older. So, yeah. And if you love this episode, if you are loving what you're hearing, then you need to come and join us in Balance VIP because this is the kind of stuff we do all the time. And our Balance VIP coaching community for moms, we work on this in our coaching calls. We have our quick wins every week that's themed. And this is the kind of support that we can give to all of our members that we really see them flourish and succeed with. And you get a whole new group of friends because our balance community is the most welcoming uh, they're community awesome. I have ever seen on the face of the planet. So we have a link to join balance in the show notes. But if you want to just go over, check it out yourself. It is noguiltmom.com forward slash balance. We hope to see you in there. Until next time, remember the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. 
Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.